Don Panos, John McGrath, Troy Malcolm, you're getting audio, you're getting video, you're getting Facebook, you're getting Instagram, you're getting LinkedIn, wherever you're watching this now, we decided today we'd actually come to you in your room. How are you going? Well, John? You decided. I decided. <laughs> yeah. And it's really, it's really interesting. We so, just follow. So, so, so what happened is uh, last Sunday, um, I wanted to watch... So here I am, I'm telling, making my excuse. I wanted to watch sport instead of doing the Sunday night rant. And then I said to Susan, I said, Susan, I don't want to do the Sunday night rant. And she said, why don't we actually put on the video that you did of the podcast with John and Troy? And I said, oh, a lot of people may have listened to it on the podcast. To my surprise, there's a group of people that love to watch things. Mm -hmm. And this is what I've learned. If they've heard it on an audio and they like it, they might want to watch it on the video. There's a group of people that um, might watch something that don't listen to it. So I think that uh, what content's was content. What was that was so compelling last Sunday night? That oh, it was Sydney FC versus uh, Melbourne Victory. Oh, yeah. And um, I'd actually told, well, what made it even more complicated is that was someone that I uh, knew, he said to me, uh, are you watching my cousin play? He's playing for Sydney FC. I said, I wouldn't miss it. And he <laughs> <laughs> so you couldn't go online. And then I knew I was seeing him the next morning for coffee. And I thought, you know, I'm going to like watch it live. I'm going to have to stay up and watch it because he's going to ask me questions. That's when I said I wouldn't miss it, right? And I didn't miss it. But uh, here we are. We're coming towards the end of this year. And we were tossing and turning on whether we should do a podcast, which is finish strong in 19, start strong in 20, and there is a certain things that you could actually do. And I, know, and I know that John's got this fantastic, and I'd love to touch on it. Troy mentioned it to me as I was driving here, the metaphor of finishing strong, allowing you to have the car on a hill with a handbrake. Yeah. Elaborate, I didn't get the quite so gist, but I like the picture of it. Dr. Fred many years ago said to us, you need to park your car on the hill. So if you're going to go on holidays, and coming back, often a lot of people when they don't use their car for a month or so, the battery runs flat. So in a sense what it's saying is you need to get a jump start on the new year. So if you were to go on holidays before you went, you park your car on the hill facing down, you come back, you get in, you're in momentum, if there's a problem you kick start it. So he talked about setting up your new year for success in your old year. So a lot of people come back to the new year, they've got no listings or maybe one old listing. They haven't, uh, they're not, they've got no appointments for the first week. They sit there twiddling their thumbs and they end up kind of, may as well be on holidays for another two weeks because they yeah. don't do much. So Fred's saying, the first week you're back, make sure you've got listing appointments organised, you've got listings ready to go, you've got open homes scheduled, um, you're in momentum. So the reason I felt that maybe we push that back a week or so, maybe for the next week is, I don't want anyone to start or think now the 2019 is over because 2019 is still got another month yeah. of good selling up yeah. until virtually Christmas Eve or New Year's Eve in some instances. So I just want to make sure that we don't divert the attention from, from your listeners or our listeners, our audience, before it's right. So I think if we talk about a few other things this week, because you can list and sell a property this year. Yeah. You don't have to list it and say, well, let's put it in the bottom drawer until January. You can yeah. sell it, especially most of the markets we're dealing with at the moment. They're on fire. Well, right? even that week, I don't know about you, Tom, but even that week leading up until Christmas, there's auctions that are booked in Tuesday night, Wednesday night, before yeah. that final weekend being the 21st. So even the very final week of what you would say are business hours within the, the industry, uh, there's still a lot of activity happening. And this weekend, next weekend, they're big auction so weekends. So the 7th, 7th is going to be a, a very big day of auctions. The 14th is a big day of auctions. The 21st, which is interesting, 
someone booked an auction and twenty first December. Twenty first of December, yeah, someone booked an auction. So that's yeah. that's a Saturday, and then you've got I suppose you've got Sunday the twenty second, and then twenty third and twenty fourth. That makes Christmas Eve on the twenty fourth. But getting back to your point, as we're streaming this video now and recording this podcast, we're we're still got a week or so to go to the end of November. So there's a strong possibility someone could actually be, that hasn't signed an agency agreement, signs an agency agreement this week and sells their property in the next two to three weeks. Easy, easy. In the markets that we're in at the moment, there's stuff selling in days. You know, I saw Lisa Novak did one the other day, an Instagram post that said sold off to Facebook in six days. Um, you know, there's a lot of, lot of ways to get property. Now, you may not have time yet to do a full auction campaign, I get that, but you know, you can say, look, let's book in a February auction, but let's take it now off market. We can open it this weekend. I can get my buyers off the database. I can put it on Facebook. And I reckon there's a 75, 80% chance you'll sell it before Christmas. There's a great buy pool out there as well right now. Mm. Let's not forget, people want to make that decision. If they're out there and they're buyers, they generally want to buy before Christmas. They want to have that ticked mm-hmm. off the box. So 2020, they're fresh. Settled in January. They're, they're yeah. settled in January before the school year starts. It's actually a really nice time. Now, now Troy, mm-hmm. on that issue, before we move on to the, some uh, great slides that I'm seeing here on this iPad here, some really good one-line slides here. Uh, I just want to talk about it. The last time John McGrath came out of re- retirement for an auction was in Haverfield, the mm-hmm. suburb that I... Where else would you, you go? Correct. And they brought the big man out at the time. I remember... Uh, um, Under the radar. What was his name? Walt. Walt. He he does Ballina. Walters. Oh, Brayden. Yeah, Brayden. He yeah. brought he brought out. He came out of the woodwork. Now last week there was another big you know big sale in Haberfield, and uh, they opted for Troy Malcolm. So uh, Troy 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 my Malcolm. Protégé, my protege. My protege. Troy Malcolm. The 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 apprentice comes out. Record price. That was, a record, that was a record price in Gillies. Gillies four nine three eight was yeah. it? Four. Huge result. Congratulations uh, to you and Michael and Cindy. Troy, is that the is that the highest auction property that you've uh, auctioned price? Definitely one of one of. There's there's been a couple that have been slightly larger with the government sales that we did represent in Millers Point, Point a couple of years well, ago. What are those properties selling for roughly? Uh, so my highest is actually nine point eight million, and that right. was for a, a number of terraces. Chump change, really, four point nine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but I tell you what, it, it, the the great thing about that auction a couple of weeks ago is that it was a great atmosphere. There was a lot of the community that was there. So there was a lot of interested people about the result of that property. Uh, they were past clients. They actually purchased the property through Michael and they'd sold a number of properties through Cindy. So our mm. team, the teamwork between those two It's a good example agents, of teamwork because yeah. they're two of our best agents working in different offices. One had a relationship with the wife, one had a relationship with the husband and they teamed up because I think one had started a conversation with each of the two couples and they just got together and, and, and it worked well. So I think uh, you've always got to be generous. I think yeah. when you're working in a team, you can do so much more and good quality work when you're working closely with your colleagues. Whereas I think a lot of agents shortcut themselves because they want to keep it all to themselves. Yeah. And no, no, keep away. And, and I really encourage everyone out there, as we do in, in our company, to work as a team. One plus one equals three if you work it right. So. Yeah, teamwork can be a great differentiator. And as much as I'd like to take the credit, all the hard work for that property was actually done before the auction. The processes, the systems that both Cindy and Michael run uh, are seamless. So I knew as soon as I walked into the property that it was going to be a success because they'd done everything right every step of the way. They weren't waiting for that drum roll of 15 minutes of an auction to determine the result. Did you think we were going to give you the credit for that? Tom did. (laughs) (laughs) Really? 
kind of. You didn't have to stop us. Oh, we weren't about to launch in and say, I guess it was all you, Troy. It was all your well, good work. Big Troy now comes out for the grand final. He, he, he's put in there. Now, John, I'm, Who having, needs friends when you're I'm, having, <laughs> I'm having, a, ha, having a look here at this uh, slide deck. Firstly, I've got to applaud you. I love the font you've used there. Can I ask you, as we're looking at this deck, by the way, you can't see it on camera here. Is this done in Keynote or PowerPoint? Yeah, I use Keynote. Troy and I, I think, both use Keynote. You both use Keynote? Yeah, is, no, it, is it hard to learn? No, it's easy. If you've done PowerPoint, it's basically the same. And I've never had a lesson on Keynote, but I'd say I'm very proficient at it. Can I ask you, John, the PowerPoint presentations that you do, you produce those all yourself? All myself. The easy. colours, the fonts, the everything, works? Everything. You just experiment. And, I, and as I said, I've never had, I don't think you have to learn had a lesson on it. It's just, it's intuitive, most of it. You go to Google, if you're not sure, how do I do this? How do I make this build or move? You come in and it's easy. And I think nowadays, presentation of your ideas is so important, even in the lounge room, mm. if you're not proficient at developing some sort of presentation through PowerPoint or Keynote, it's pretty silly. So, yeah, we keep it simple, as you can see. They're, they're basically simple. And nowadays, you can also go to so many great stock image libraries and get mm. some really nice imagery to, to sex the slides up a bit. When you're looking for an image, do you go to Google Images or you just go into some sort of uh, catalogue? There's one called Unsplash. Unsplash. Yeah. Up, uh, up or un? Yeah, Unsplash. One of those. Unsplash. Yeah, we use that a lot. Which is, it's free. Yeah. Really good. But it doesn't, I hate those things that look like stock libraries. Yeah. You know, there's kind of people in 1970s gear and they're shaking hands in front of a signboard. You, you want something that feels modern and natural. Yeah. So if, if you go to Unsplash, you'll find pretty much, I think, everything on there is free. And it's a great, great place where you can just, you know, sort of download as many things as you want. Alrighty, let's move into some content. First slide. What we're going to do is pick three or four slides, and unpack them. Um, sometimes one short sentence, you could write a whole essay on a sentence. Mm -hmm. You, you, it's like you dig deep and create an essay on a specific subject. In the age of information, ignorance is a choice. Let's unpack that. Troy, firstly, we'll start off with you and then I'll get John to extend on that. Yeah, I, I think the appetite to actually improve education levels, skill levels, knowing how things are done has never been easier for us to access. John just mentioned accessing great photo libraries online with Google and whatnot. All of that stuff is great, but you need to have the appetite and desire to actually get better. I think it starts within yourself. So the way that I would digest that and translate it is to say that, yeah, there is a lot of information out there. Um, it's the choice of the individual whether they are open to that and taking that on and developing it and then implementing it into their life as opposed to just having the information there and saying, oh, I don't read that stuff, I'm not bothered about it. So once upon a time, if you wanted to learn something, it was either difficult or expensive or you had to be one of the fortunate few that had access. And John, when you and I started, I'm a bit older than you, but when you and I started going through, you know, there was kind of Tom Hopkins was the only guy, there was no internet, you had to go to the local library. Nowadays, if you want to become a great negotiator, you go to YouTube and you put 10 keys to a great negotiator or you put into the internet uh, 20 ways to be a better real estate lister or whatever. Information is predominantly free. It's accessible to everyone. So if you don't take it up, use it, it's a choice. It's a choice, right? Mm. So you know, th that's the whole idea is just to put the emphasis and the responsibility back on the individual. Say there is now no excuse for you not upskilling yourself in key areas of negotiation, listing, prospecting, time management, presentation skills, whatever it is, it's all there on a thing called the internet. 99% of it's free, do it. And if it's not free, you know, there's some great services like yours and the gym and, and others out there, 
invest a small amount, but it's still easy to access nowadays. So the excuse is gone that, oh, well, I don't know where to find that information. Mm. Okay. The standard pace is for chumps by Kimo Williams. Kimo Williams. The standard pace. So firstly, John, who's Kimo Williams? So Kimo, uh, this came off off, uh, off uh, a guy called Derek Sivers. Derek Sivers started a... Oh, he's the guy that lives in New Zealand, New Zealand and sold yeah. CD Baby. And gave the money away. He sold it for 22 million, he gave it away. There's a deal where he gets the interest to live on, but basically he gave the money away to charity. Fascinating guy. To a music charity. Music trust, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, music trust. Fascinating guy, got some great stuff. And he tells the story when he went to Berkeley Music College, I think it was in the US, and he wanted he he was busy, he had his music happening, he had a part-time job, he wanted to do this course, four-year music course, and he didn't know how to do it. And someone said, You should go and see Kimo Williams. He was an ex professor. He's really good at explaining how you can, you know, what are the hacks to cut through and learn stuff. So he went and saw this guy, Kimo Williams, and Kimo Williams explained the concept that most courses and activities are designed for the lowest common denominator or the slowest. So educationally, most courses are designed for the lowest common denominator, not the fastest. So he said, First thing you've got to realize that the pace at which you want to move is really up to you, not the course, not the world, not your business, anything else. So he said, if you are more intense, more focused, more passionate, um, faster learner, don't think that everyone in the course must take four years to do it. Mm. So he went on and you know, in a few hours, he basically explained the first semester and he said, you know, you, you could almost sit for the first semester now. And uh, so uh, Sivers cut the four year course down to two and he did it whilst he was doing other things. So for me, as a business or a business person or a salesperson, you must realize that the pace at which you want to grow is really up to you, mm. not up to the world. And we were speaking before this about good people like Josh Tesselin and others that have quickly grown a career in a few short years. So some people never get beyond 500K, other mm. people get to a million in their second year. So it's not the market. It actually, I don't think it's even around talent. I think talent plays a small role. It's around application, focus, intensity, energy. So don't delude ourselves that a four-year course has to take four years or to get successful in real estate because the average person takes them uh, five years to write 250, therefore it's going to take you five years. No, there are people that have written a million dollars in their first year. year. So yeah. find out what did they do, what did Kimo Williams teach, and then unpack that and then do it and you'll find that you'll get the same results. Sivers also went to visit Kimo at his house, right? That's a great story where he, yeah. he actually arrived and... He said, he, Kimo said, come come around at 9am the next morning. So Sivers is all excited, I'll, I'll do that. He comes around and, and uh, apparently Kimo Williams was in his pyjamas. And he said, oh, did I get the day wrong or, or am I too early? He said, no, no. He said, that's fine, I remember telling you. But he said, I tell so many people, feel free to come around. And he said, none of them ever turn up. So he said, I'm pleased you're here, but he said, I'll just go and get changed. But he said, I didn't really place much hope because so many, so again, the funny thing about yeah. life is in the age of information, um, you know, it, it's free to access that. So even though a lot of, he said, come around to a lot of people, no charge, they didn't arrive. So that was where that came from. You should read up Derek Sivers, though. We, we get a lot of good stuff on yeah. him, don't we? He also does, uh, Tom, as you know, he reviews a books. lot of books. Yeah. So on his site, it's Brilliant. a very basic website that he has. Uh, Sivers.org, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, uh, DerekSivers.org. And you can go down and you can pretty much get any great business book or any great book, a summary uh, on his interpretation of what that book's about. He's boiled it down to the key points. The key points. Which, which I know there's a few commercial things, but he gives it to you for free, right? Yeah. So yeah, generosity. Yeah. Yeah, he's um, yeah, he's a fascinating guy. Like listening to his story, and he, at one point I was remember listening. He's saying, "I'd like you 
all to to write to me and tell me your views and I guarantee you I'll be writing back. Right. So he sounds like he's a sort of person. Mm. I think he's living in Queenstown or he's in New Zealand. In somewhere. New Zealand, he's living there. He's living a quiet life. He loves personal development. He's fascinated. He's a curious person. I remember reading once. Tommy he said something like, because yeah, someone asked him why did you give away the twenty-two million except the interest so you could live on. He said, you know, the only things I need are a good cup of coffee, a sunny place to sit, and an internet connection. That's all. That makes me happy in my life. So again, a lot to be said about someone that's mm. no ego, yeah. not trying to impress, doesn't need a palace, doesn't need two Rolls Royces in the drive, a good cup of coffee, a sunny place to sit, and a good internet connection. And he said, I'm a happy person. There's a lot to be said in our industry about that. Yeah, some people well, Matty Steinway, it. and I ha have I got my, Matty Steinway put a beautiful post. I saw that today, no bling. No bling, no watch, just me, all, all is good. So, and, I, and I think, um, yeah, I like I like Matt's. You know, every 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 now and again, Matty Steinway, if you're watching, we love you. But every um, every now and again, Matt Steinway comes up with one of the best one line quotes <laughs> that you could ever hear. He's he's really good. I, I don't like know how he generates that content. I mean, I know you tell me generate a lot of great content, but Matt, as a content producer, a quality content producer, I don't think there's anyone in this industry in Australia. Yeah, that I've Delivering seen that, that can deliver, and it's all good stuff. And he's pushing, and I want to give it. I want to. I want to give it a plug, not because he's a mate, or because he's a franchisee. Um, he's a franchisee, correct? He's yes. not a, it's not a company. Oh, he's a franchisee. It's because I read the book Thirty One Minutes, Brilliant. right? And Brilliant. I thought to myself, Hey, Thirty One Minutes in uh, 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 focused, uninterrupted work. Whether you were doing it on prospecting, whether you were doing it on a run, whether you were doing it in meditation, it's really hard to do a clear 30 minutes of uninterrupted work in a world where you're so reachable, right? Mm -hmm. And I thought to myself, the principle of allocating 31 minutes of uninterrupted work on things that are important mm -hmm. in life. And mm -hmm. for, for Matt, he talks about that as being towards your body. Like, no matter who you are, whether you're the president of the United States or whether you're a CEO of one of the biggest corporations, everyone has 31 minutes to allocate towards their body. And, and Matt's a great example of someone that lives a very balanced life, physical, he's, he's in great physical shape, recreational, he loves his surfing and he gets make sure he gets that in every day and then business, he's one of the top agents on the planet. So he is a great example of as what Dr. Fred keeps talking about is you can have everything if you kind of design it. Now, Troy and John, the only thing preventing you from achieving your full potential and living all your dreams is you underestimate yourself. So that, yeah, I mean, I saw that came from, who did I get that from, Troy? I'm trying to think. So um, you're basically saying is that people are better than what they think they are. Yeah. The, the, they yeah. underestimate themselves. If you, if you think the best you can, and I'll bring it back to real estate, the best you can write is 250, guaranteed you ain't writing a million and a half. So is the reason you're not writing a million and a half because you're not capable, you don't have the skills, you don't have the market? No, it's actually because you underestimate yourself. So think bigger, um, believe in your ability, look for people that have achieved enormous outcomes that have started where you, you're at right now, because everyone started where you're at right now. Yeah. There's no one born, well there are a few, very few people on the planet are born into royalty and billionaire status. Most of them start from not much or nothing, 
and they kind of find a way and they, they grift and graft and they get there and eventually they get into momentum and then they get a few lucky breaks and all of a sudden, you know... Every winner was once a beginner. No one, no one was an expert. Exactly right. So stop underestimating yourself. Don't... Change your story. We talk, yep. Troy, a lot about story. Change your story that I couldn't do that. I hear Tom talk about all these great guys and Matt Steinway, but I, I'm never going to be able to do that. Well, until you stop saying that, you're right. The minute you stop saying that, you replace, I'm never going to do the, be able to do that with the statement is, what would it take for me to be able to do mm. that? Sh- just shift it around. Sorry, oh, no, I was going to say, the human body is remarkable and you are you can achieve so many things that you never thought. Well, your human body's remarkable. No. <laughs> 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 I'm not sure the other two. Like, we're on video now, we can't lie. We used to be able yes. to tell fibs on, yes. on audio. So I took a challenge at the start of this year to do stuff that scared me. Right. right? Tell there us was about crazy that. crazy challenges. Uh, so one of them was run a marathon under four Did hours. Did you run a marathon? This year. So Sydney Marathon. Um, yeah, have you done it yet? No, you're going to do it. No, done. You've done, done. it? Yeah, so if I didn't get four yeah. hours. We I got four, saw four it on Facebook. We never saw four, it posted. you got to follow me on uh, Insta. <laughs> four hours and five minutes, which was a massive achievement. So basically um, you're saying you failed. You didn't failed. Another I missed it by five. But that means that I signed up straight away to do it in the next year. But... Without really being a runner growing up, I enjoyed running, but was never, I've never run that distance in my life. I've never run more than 20 kilometers in my life. Um, to achieve that and do that was kind of like, well, why? What's the sense of achievement? I was more emotional achieving that than I'd been at winning a world championship for football or playing for the Sydney Roosters on grand final day. All of that stuff was great, but the achievement when you put your mind to it and you do a scary challenge that you're out of your comfort zone is quite remarkable. So what, how that relates back to real estate is, what what's the challenge within yourself what's the goal that you think is unachievable and then work out like john said follow the process go and find people that have done it and break it down to its simple little steps along the way to get to that goal so how did you break that down without going into minutia but so you just worked out how long did it take you from not being able to run 10k or 5k but you're always you're, you're always running 7 or 10k S- 7 to 10 yeah 7 okay, to 10 and then all of a sudden how, how, how long did it take you to get to be able to run 40 What's a marathon? 42? 42.95. Don't about the point. Almost 43. Uh, what did it take? It, it took, well, first of all, this is going to sound really silly, finding the right shoes. Right. Finding the right shoes that you could run that distance because there's so many factors that come in. For training or for the race? No, for the race because there's so many factors that come, and for training, but there's so many factors that come into uh, running that distance. Five or ten kilometres, you can wear any type of sneaker and kind of roll through it. Once you get above that 20 kilometres, so you start you buy? to get Give people a hack. What uh, so I ended up buying the uh, Asics uh, Noosa Triathlon shoes. Uh, for me, they right. were great. My feet get really hot when I run, so that so was. So if I buy those, I'll be able to run. That's around. it. You can be able to run around. <laughs> the, next thing was, here. the next thing was working out what time frame did I want to actually finish in. So working and then breaking it back. What does that mean per kilometre, per five kilometres? What pace do I need to do? And then it was about finding people that have achieved. So what that. does that mean? How many kilometres an hour were you running? Uh, so you want to, yeah, you want to try and 10, knock 20, over 30, 10, 10 kilometres per 10 and hour. A bit. 10 yeah. and so 10 your pace was around just over, just under, or just over five okay. minutes. To, to simplify it for me, Troy, can I ask you <laughs> how many how many days were you exercising before before like how? So that was the next step. Yeah. I didn't want to because I knew that my body would get fatigued if I was just running. So I did a lot of cross training. So stuff that affected my capacity but didn't have anything to do with running. So going to the gym, uh, swimming, uh, jumping on a bike, all that Brilliant. kind of stuff was a balance. Did you stop on the marathon? Uh, I cramped at 30 kilometres in my quad. And what do you mean, like start walking? Start eh? walking, no. Yeah. So I didn't stop, but you would say that it was almost walking. 
<laughs> well, city to serve, everyone's walk. I ran past John's house. He wasn't there supporting me. Yeah. <laughs> I was there in spirit. Was there in spirit. spirit. <laughs> okay. So, but, but you know what's interesting, but I'm even, as we're talking, I actually don't think this is only relevant to um, the non-superstar agents. Barbara Corcoran said on January each year, she said it, Eric, hmm. January each year, the top agents used to line up and say, Barbara, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm really I flipped, worried. I fluked it last year, right? Yeah, yeah. Even even that top echelon agent has got doubts and fears that it's been luck that got them through. I think, because I don't want that to... Co- I agree with you, Tommy. I remember it was a good, that was a great that video interview. I've quoted that so many times, mm. what you and she spoke about up at Eric. But, and not to conflict with this, because I do think that that's more around only the paranoid survive. I think that... There's something about being excellent. Well, there's another slide you could have had. <laughs> yeah, Only yeah, the yeah. paranoid will survive. Yeah. What, what's, so what's, what, what's, what's that mean? You go to bed each night thinking that someone's going to, well, you know? Yeah, you, yeah exactly. You've got to, you've got to, you don't get complacent. You don't say, great, I'm in momentum and the ball's rolling, so I just cruise from here. You, you say, great, okay, I had a good day, but I need to make sure I can replicate it tomorrow and the next week and competitors are all hunting me now and... And, and you're kind of just looking for ways to always get better, you know, for some, I'll say out of fear in a sense, or just out of concern that, you know, someone else can overtake you. I'm all for that. But I think great people, they don't underestimate what's possible, but they're constantly looking at, you know, what do I have to do to go to the next level, the next level, the next level. And that's where I think Barbara was talking about is, you know, the, there's a bit of insecurity in every single human being, so they overcome their insecurity by doing better. Seb- Sebastian Manacosco, the, the famous comedian that did the Logies, he's, mm-hmm. at the moment he's, he is the highest paid comedian in the world. He's had a few Netflix series. He was being interviewed on one of the podcasts, might have been Altachar, and he said, so what drives you? Mm-hmm. And he says... Oh, I'm not sure. He goes, but you must have things that you want to achieve. He says, look, all I'll say to you is the only thing that I think I get worried about is that I'm just going to become irrelevant and it scares me. So I have to keep doing stuff where people think, wow. So That's the only paranoid survive. So, you know, you can be concerned about that but still believe in your capability but still have enough concern that you need to keep working on yourself and growing. I agree. Funny, because the next slide, or one to here we've got called Choose Yourself, you just mentioned Altucher, mm. James Altucher. That was one of his great things is the concept is every single day or every moment of every day, you've got the opportunity to choose who you want to be in that moment and going forward. So a lot of people say, Tom, oh, you know, I'm just not, I'm not an organised person. I'm kind of a go with the flow kind of girl. And, and that's their story. And that's how they live their life, as opposed to them saying, well, if I actually wanted to, I could choose to be organised. I could choose to be more structured. If I think getting more structured is going to help me get better outcomes, I could choose to be that. So who do you choose to be today? I mean, oh, I'm not really a, a, a positive, rah-rah sort of person. I'm kind of like, I like looking at the, you know, the, the dark side. I'm not, I'm not a morning person. Right? Not a morning person. Either, I'm not a morning person. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not an organised person. <laughs> I'm not a really positive person. I just do it my way. And that's all fine, but the question is, you know, is there a better version of yourself? And some people say, well, that's just who I am. And I'm saying, well, that's who you choose to be today in this moment. Mm. You can choose to be impatient. And, and he talked about on an interview I, did, I, I listened to recently, they were talking about someone said, you know, I wanted to be better in, in life. And he said, I realised that I had a temper. And, and at some point someone said to me, 
that temper is holding you back. Mm. And realize that when you choose to be hot-headed and respond badly or whatever, have a temper, that's a choice. So he said, next time you're in that exact same situation that would typically you know, light your fire, you can choose to say, okay, well, I understand that's your perspective. Let's talk that out. Let's debate that or let's, let's talk about that. Or you could scream at them and shout. Mm. So he said, whatever is your potential Achilles but, heel. But the, the valuable thing you said there, John, is that someone pointed it out, Yeah, isn't it? Which to me, sometimes great coaching or great leadership is someone having the ability to maybe raise awareness to something that someone does that they may not be aware of. Yeah, they can improve them if it's coming from the right intent that they can improve themselves. And I think the concept of choosing yourself, don't just give me some story that that's who you are. That's who you are today, and you can be whoever you want to be tomorrow. Mm. So you can be someone that hates rejection, and you can choose to stop hating rejection by reframing it, by talking to someone else that clearly doesn't, is not frightened of it, say, Tom, how do you deal with it? And Tom just said, oh, look, I, I look forward to it, or here's how I process it in my mind. And that can just give you a whole new slant on life. So, so choose yourself in your mind, and I know that's the name of a book and the name of a podcast, uh, the, the, the podcast of Altature, to you is things aren't fixed, they're changeable. That you might not actually become um, as good as Michael Jordan, but you can improve and be a better basketball player. Mm -hmm. There's no doubt there are some physical things that, you know, if, you, if I said, Troy, I want you to run the 100 metres in nine seconds, well, that ain't going to happen. But if I said, Troy, I want you to head up this corporation in the next two years and here are some areas that I think you might want to work on, that can happen like far. And the standard pace is for chumps. Come back yeah. to Kimo Williams. Um, how long does it take? Well, it takes as long as you like. How long does it take for you to become patient and, and get rid of your anger? Well, it can happen now. Yeah. You might have to keep working on it because old habits and there's the groove in the record. I'm, I've been doing it for 20 years, so I'm not saying you're going to be perfect overnight, but you can start today. So, John, it's amazing. We've basically gone through four slides of what I can see here is close to 70 slides. <laughs> no, no, this thing's about, it's about wow. 700. I'll tell you how many. <laughs> There you go, 753 <laughs> slides. So, and that's just one slide deck. One but there's time. Points. We can keep choosing ourselves every every time. Okay. That's one slide. We've deck. just guaranteed the next ten years of MDA Tom. <laughs> yeah, it just it reminded me of Jordan. Jordan Peterson gets up. He's got this incredible ability. He did a tour of all of Europe, and he did a hundred cities. And there's not many people who've got this ability to wake up, and he says, "Today, I'm going to talk about this." Mm. And I was listening to a podcast and he said, this, this morning I woke up and I thought, you know, this is my hundredth city. So a hundred presentations, every hundred has been different. Today I decided to wake up and I want to unpack this subject saying, fix problems when they're small. And he produced a two hour talk on one sentence. Mm -hmm. And he talked about fixed problems when they're small. Stage one cancer is better than stage four. A mm. uh, leaking roof with a bit of water coming through is better than the whole ceiling falling down, right? Um, addressing a, um, an, an issue um, with a client is better done early on in the piece Brilliant. than three like weeks it. later. Yeah. And, it, and, and A chip and in the window is better than a crack. Correct. correct. So that's what we're talking about is these sometimes a quote on a single slide can become a guiding principle in mm. your life. That's why I love quotes because there are so many times I'll be in a situation like that one. Now, I'm, that's going to be burned in my brain. I'll be in a situation, I think, okay, well, maybe we can defer it or maybe we don't have to fix problems when it's small. small. I love, love the concept. So 
we have lots more to share with everyone. Alrighty. Guys and girls, listening, we're coming to the end of this year. We've got another four podcasts left and we're going to make sure that we end up giving you content in every podcast and we're only going to celebrate right towards the end of Christmas to show you we're working, you should be working. <laughs> in addition to that, those that have been watching this on the video, a big shout out. Thank you so big much for the out. support. Press the share button if the content was useful and you think other of your colleagues want to hear of. And also, which we don't say too often, on iTunes or whatever podcast platform you listen to, MDA, Go in there um, and uh, tell us the things that you like or don't like and give us a rating. Just the things you like and five stars, guys. Five star rating. (laughs) Give us the rating that you believe. We believe that the algorithm on the podcast likes engagement. Engagement is people that either write a comment or actually rate the podcast. And um, I love doing it, guys. I love catching up because to me... This actually acts a little bit of a coaching session. The truth is these four slides are extremely useful. And the standard price, standard pace is for a chump says to me, um, just be a little bit better. Go as fast as you want. Okay, so gang, signing off, see you next week. See you next week, guys.